Bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, it is so good to see you in the house of the Lord this evening as we gather together to exalt and praise and magnify the one who gives us life. I don't ever forget that, the very one that gives us life. He is worthy to be praised. Amen. Worthy, worthy is the Lamb of God. Worthy to receive all glory and all honor and all praise for He is good. We were singing earlier, He's a good, good Father. Thank God He's a good Father. Some of us may have had experiences in our life where we saw some negative things from a father figure. But let me tell you what, that was only the, Im the enemy trying to mar the image of God. He was just trying to mess up in your head, mess up the image of God. But let me tell you what, if you'll just turn and look at him, study his ways, you'll find that he is a good, good father. He's a good, good God. He's good all the time. And we should be uh, willing to praise him all the time. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, I was so excited uh, in the Lord giving me a message to share with you guys on this Wednesday evening, uh, our first gathering together on the first of the year on a Wednesday night Bible study. And, uh, and I, this message has been burning in my heart and just uh, planted in my mind by the Lord. And then I got this uh, invitation, uh, Brother Jeff Quill, uh, one of our own here, uh, it asked uh, me to come and speak at a Believer's Biz, uh, a Christian business network that he's been uh, hosting in for like 18 years here in the uh, Greenbar area of Chesapeake. And uh, I said, I'm just going to take some parts of that and share because I believe what God wants to say to his body, he wants to say to his whole body, not just business owners and not just ministry leaders, but I believe for all of us. And I know the strategy of the enemy is the same against us all. He is trying to kill us and steal from us and destroy us, right? And I found that the strategy of the enemy is that he comes at us hardest when something is in its infancy or its harvest time. So if you've been experiencing some, maybe some extra pressure from the enemy, extra fighting, extra pain, extra heartache, extra spiritual warfare, let me tell you what, let me encourage you. It's either there's the infancy of something being born supernatural that God's wanting to do in and through your life, or you're about ready to receive a harvest that, that God has already prepared for you. So whether it's the birthing of the new or the harvest of that which has already been sown, you are there at the brink. You are there at breakthrough. You are there about ready to receive something amazing from God, and the enemy is fighting it. And the enemy's trying to get you discouraged. The enemy's trying to give you to loosen your grip and to, and, and to lose your focus. I'm here to tell you, hold on, hold on. Keep your focus on the one who has made every promise unto us to be true, yes and amen. And let us not lose what the Lord has for us. I shared with the, the business group this morning about, or this afternoon, uh, about Shema, you know, in the scripture where he took, some, took an ox goat and he's got his stick and he's a farmer and he's not letting the enemy come in and take his harvest. All the other farmers ran. The Philistines are coming in. The enemy's coming in. They're going to come in and just take their harvest that they'd worked for every, uh, all year long. It was a very common strategy of the enemy that God gives us details of in the Old Testament so we can understand how the enemy fights us in the New Testament in the spiritual realm. 
Because we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, right? But there's principalities, there's powers, there's rulers of darkness in high places. And you better wake up and you better stay alert because they're real whether you believe them or not, whether you blink your eyes or not, whether you say, I agree with this or not. This is the reality. There's a devil. He is roaming. He is roaring. He is trying to devour. He is trying to seek. He is trying to destroy. But you know what? Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. But we have a responsibility to partner with he who is in us. We've got to be the hands. We've got to be the feet. We've got to be the mouth. We've got to be the eyes. We've got to be the ears. We've got to be the foot soldiers here on this ground because Jesus says, I'm building a church. And that is going to be my body. And it's going to be the believers that come together. I'm going to fill them with my spirit. And I'm going to advance my kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And the devil will not win. And if Jesus says that we are more than conquerors and more than overcomers, I'm going to hold on to His Word rather than what I'm feeling. I'm going to hold on to His words rather than what everybody's saying around me. And I'm telling you what, there are odds coming against you if there is a birthing of something supernatural in your life or if there's a harvest of something supernatural in your life. The devil is mad. He sent uh, Her through Herod men to go and kill every child of a certain age and under. What a bloodbath. What a brutality. What merciless uh, heart would it take to go and kill these little boys? But that's the devil. He doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about your family. He doesn't care about your health. He doesn't care about your finances. He wants nothing but to cause pain. He wants nothing but to cause a hardship for you and bring odds against you. He is not our friend. So let us align ourselves with our friend that sticks closer than a brother, Jesus Christ himself, amen? And let us stay on track and let's do it God's way. Our flesh may want to do it another way. Our flesh is screaming. It's like uh, someone addicted to alcohol and they're now not drinking. They're trying to get off of it and they're going through the DTs and they're shaking and everything in them is screaming for a drink, screaming for poison to try and settle their nerves. Let me tell you what, uh, your flesh does the same thing. Don't you feed your flesh. Your flesh will turn against God like that. Your flesh will blame God just like that. Your flesh will throw in the face of good uh, uh, just like that uh, because you don't feel it at the moment. Let me tell you what. You better be careful because the devil is real and all he wants is a partnership with you so he can bring forth the manifest of his desire in and through our lives. Oh, that we would embrace the Lord here in 2018. We say, I'm going to worship you, Lord. I'm going to praise you, God, whether I feel like it or not. You are worthy whether I, my flesh likes it or not. I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to lift my voice because you're deserving. This, this isn't just a, a fun thing to do. This isn't just a, a ritual to do. This is a relationship between the Creator God Himself who loves you more than you love yourself, who cares about your future more than you care about your future. Why turn on Him? Why get upset with Him? Why, why cry at Him? as though he's the one that's turned against you. We're in a real battle, church. I'm telling you, we wrestle not this flesh and blood, but there's principalities and powers and rules of darkness in high places. We need to be ever alert to that. So the Lord gave me this message that I was to share with the body of Christ, which means wherever I go. So if Brother Jeff invites me, I'm going to share it there. If someone else invites me, I'm going to share it there. But I'm definitely going to share it with this house because I love the sheep of this house because I'm one of you. I'm one of the Baha sheep right alongside with you. 
but I also am an under-shepherd, and Jesus is our great shepherd, and we want to definitely be led into all he has for us, green pastures and still waters uh, for this year. So we're talking about, uh, when Brother Jeff asked me, he said, do you have a title you message? I said, yes, I do. Define the odds, define the odds. And uh, he had defined the odds in 2018. But what we're looking at is this spiritual strategy of what the enemy does when we're at a beginning of something. Here we are at the beginning of this new year. And in this first month, you're going to find there's going to be some extreme uh, attacks and extreme odds that come against you. And this isn't, this isn't anything other than the design of Satan himself to try and discourage you to try and make you start speaking and saying 2018 is going to be harder than 2017. 2018, I'm going to be poorer than I was in 2017. 2018 is already starting off on a bad foot. He wants to get you in that frame of mind. He wants to get you in that flow. And I'm here to help keep you out of it because that train track leads to death. That train track leads to destruction. It leads to poverty. It leads to sickness and disease. And I want to keep you on the track that is lifting up the truth of God in and through our lives so the Spirit of God can flow and bring forth the manifest of heaven on earth. Amen? Amen. Amen. So just simply this, we got our mixing bowl out here, and we're going to look at just two ingredients needed to defy the odds. Two ingredients needed to defy the odds. And if you were to guess, or if you tuned in, or if you were at the business of Believer's Biz today, you heard number one is faith. We've got to be a people of faith. We've got to, we got to talk faith. We've got to walk faith. We've got to see faith. We've got to hear faith. We've got to understand faith. We've got to teach faith. We've got to live by faith is what the Word of God says. Faith is something that is really the only way we can please the Lord. You've got a sight factor you can live by or a system that you can live by or there's a faith factor you can live by. If you live by sight, the enemy's already won. I'm here to tell you, you may die a slow death, but he's going to drag it out and make it as miserable and as painful. He's gonna, he's, he, he is the ultimate torturer. If you've ever read or seen uh, in history some of the things that they have done in torturing prisoners of war, uh, uh, some of the most unimaginable things, that all came from Satan. And that is, that is probably just playing baby cakes with you compared to what he really can do. He will drag your life out. He will torture you. He will cause you great pain. But you can get off of that track that leads by living by the flesh and where Satan has entrance to come in and you can step over and switch over to the track of faith. We need to know faith. We need to walk by faith. We need to understand faith. We need to be able to teach faith. We don't need to only be able to uh, understand it for ourselves. We need to be in a position where we can help those around us and teach them faith. And I've said it before and I'll say it again, that faith has ears. It has ears. And just like every day you probably have to clean out your ears, you know what? You need to clean out the ears so you can hear faith. Because faith has ears. And what does it hear? It has to hear the Word of God. The devil will make you listen to, uh, want to listen to every bit of junk and trash there is in the world to keep you from listening to the Word of God. There's more power in one verse of Scripture than there are in all the biographies and autobiographies and fiction and nonfiction and all those volumes put together. They don't have a measure of the power that one word from God has. But the devil is doing everything to keep you from hearing the Word of God. 
He probably tried to keep you from being here even tonight from hearing the Word of God because faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. I promise to you in 2018 that Christian Embassy, we will be faithful to the Word. That if you will put forth the effort to come into this house, that I'll put forth the effort to have heard from God and share the Word of God with you so that your faith will grow, that your faith will be instructed, that your faith will be encouraged, that your faith will receive directions for the week. Let me tell you what, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We must learn to hear the Word of God. We must embrace the Word of God. And if God's Word says something is wrong, I don't care what society says, it is wrong. And if God's Word says do this, I don't care what society says or the flesh wants or wants not to do, let's do what God would say. Let us honor the Word of God, not just being hearers only, but doers of the Word of God. You want a great 2018? Excuse me. You want a great 2018? Let me tell you what. You hear the Word and do the Word. 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 Well, my flesh didn't like what I just heard. Well, check it. Make sure it's the Word. If it's the Word, tell the flesh, shut up, you're fired. You're not in charge here because if I walk by the flesh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die, the Bible says. But if I walk by the Spirit, I'll live. I'll have life, an abundant life. So I need to walk by the Spirit and not by the flesh. So tell the flesh, you're fired. Shut up. You are not in charge. You've run my life long enough and you run it in the ground. And you ran it into a lot of pain and hardship. But I'm going to live by the Word of God. Jesus told Satan in that wilderness, He says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That, live, that word live there is that abundant life. You want that abundant life? You want it in your life? You want it in your family? You want it in your finances? You want it in your health? Let me tell you what, you gotta, you got to live by faith by hearing every word that God says and doing what he tells you to do. Amen. And I've learned if you do it God's way, it's always the better way. It may not be the easiest way at the moment, according to our fleshly desire, but if you'll do it God's way, you'll never regret it. If you'll do it God's way, you'll look back and say, man, was I a smart dude. Man, was I a smart uh, uh, cookie here. Look what God has done uh, by me obeying his word. Because His Word will take you from glory to glory. His Word will take you from faith to faith. He wants to lift you up. He is the lifter of our head. He is the lifter of our spirit. He is the lifter of our lives. And we need to make sure we're hearing what He says and doing what we hear Him say. Amen? And then there's the eyes of faith. We've got to learn to not go by what we see. And when I mean by what we see, the Scripture literally means by what you see and feel, that by the being immersed in the reality of it. The reality wants to tell you that reality is greater than what God said. But let me tell you what, what God says can change reality, but reality cannot change what God said. What you're going through right now are the facts. I know what the facts are. I could hear your facts. I could hear your facts. I could hear your facts and your facts. And, and probably if I heard all of y'all's facts, you could probably have me mourning and crying and, and, and really discouraged and depressed because we all have odds that the enemy's fighting us with and coming against us. Those are facts. We're not putting our head in the sand and denying that. So the facts are real, but the facts cannot change God, but God can change the facts. So do we want what the facts are showing us or do we want something better? 
you got to make the decision. It's yours. Do you want what the facts are showing you, that you're headed this way? You're headed to bankruptcy? You're headed to early death through a, a cruel, a brutal uh, sickness and disease in your body? You're headed to divorce? You're headed to uh, a, job loss, a loss of job or whatever? Do you want to look at the facts and say, do I want what they're showing me? And if not, you need to wake up and say, I need to turn my eyes on the Lord. And faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. So I can't be looking at what's seen. That takes me out of faith. i got to look at what God says. So not what I see, but what God says. I need to see what God says. And if God says you're the head, you need to see yourself as the head and stop talking like you're the tail. When you talk like you're the tail, you also smell like you're the tail. That's why folks start avoiding you. <laughs> Maybe it's your attitude that stinks, uh, okay? So we got to be careful. we got to be careful and keep our eyes in on what God says, which keeps us in walking in faith rather than seeing the reality and the facts and saying this is just how it's going to be, which ties to that third thing, our mouth. Boy, that mouth is the litmus test. I share with the business leaders today, if you want to take a litmus test and see what your acidic level is or what your pH level is, you know, they've got litmus strips that you can do that with. Well, there's a litmus test that you can take to see where your faith is, and that is what is your tongue saying? What is your tongue saying? I'm here to tell you, you got to be careful. It is so easy. You need to look at somebody and say, he knows what he's talking about. You just need to go ahead and tell him that by faith, just say, he knows what he's talking about. You're not going to tell him? Come on, say, he knows what he's talking about. Because the Word of God shows us that it is so easy for us to get caught up in saying what we see and saying what we feel rather than saying what God has shown us. It's easier to say what we see and feel rather than saying what God has said. Oh, I'm here to encourage you. I'm here, I'm here to do everything that I can to encourage you to hold on to what God has said over your life. That what God is saying to you, those 7,000 plus promises of God that are in the Word of God, that He wants you the, the curses off of you. He says, I want the curse to come off of you and the blessing to come on you. You say, well, I don't see that. Well, that's the natural realm. There's the fact. Uh, the faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. So now get into faith and look at what is not yet the fact that God wants the curse off of you and He wants His blessing on you and line your mouth up with the Word of God so now you can see the ministry of angels and the ministry of the Holy Spirit come and bring that to pass in your life. I'm telling you, I've shared this before, but it's so, so good. In the beginning where God said the earth was formless and void and darkness covered the earth and, and He hovered over the chaos of that water there. The Holy Spirit was hovering there. And the Ho Holy Spirit was there, but there was still darkness. The Holy Spirit was there and there was still <coughs> void and formless. But when God said, let there be light and began to speak, the Holy Spirit took the Word of God and began to manifest it here on earth. And He showed us a principle as we are created in His image there, that the Holy Spirit is waiting and, and angels have been given charge to be ministering agents and they're all waiting for us to speak the Word of God so that they can empower, come alongside, and they can bring forth the manifest of that on earth as it is in heaven. And on the opposite side, 
as Satan is always a copycat. And on the opposite side, there are demon spirits and Satan himself that are waiting just like the Holy Spirit and good angels. There's demon spirits and Satan waiting to hear a negative word come out of your mouth, something that lines up with what he is wanting to do so that those demons can come alongside your words and bring them to manifest. Oh, if we could but see this and understand this and believe this, we would watch what we say. We would understand James teaching us that our tongue is like the rudder of a ship and the ship's destination is going to be determined by not the larger part of the ship, but the smaller part of the ship, the rudder, which he tells us is like our tongue. We have got to be careful 2018 and all the promises of God and all that Jesus has died and been buried and raised from the dead and ascended on high and sent His Holy Spirit to bring to us. All of that is ours if we will line our tongue up to come in agreement with it and bring it to pass. There are angels right now waiting. There's the Holy Spirit waiting. This is the year. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Death and life are in the power of your tongue. You've got to be careful. I'm, I'm urging you. I'm challenging you to put up a guard. Pray that God, by His Spirit, would help you guard your tongue. Better not to say anything at all than to give the enemy arsenal that he can use to bring forth destruction in your life. We've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. I, we can have the most uh, awesome services in 2018. We can sh swing from the chandeliers. I reckon we'd have to swing from the speakers in this, in this building or, or swing from the flags up here. We could swing from the, from the speakers and the flags here and just shout and have the most amazing uh, services you've ever seen before. But if we don't discipline our time, we're going to go right outside these doors and we are going to give permission and direction and uh, agreement to demon spirits to come. We open the door. We open the door for them to have their way in whatever we say. It could be death. It could be destruction. It could be curses. If you speak it, the devil says, I have permission by God. Said The way God set up this world, I already have permission by God, the way He set the laws of this land up, that if you speak it and you line up with Satan's will, He can come alongside it and empower it to make sure it happens. We've got to be careful what we say. It is so very important. Okay? So when a mountain, uh, Jesus said you face with a mountain, an obstacle in your life, what are you to do? You're to speak to that mountain. There's power in your tongue. There's power in your word. You're to speak to that mountain, be cast into the sea. And he says it will be thrown into the sea. You've you got to learn to speak with certainty, with authority. And you've got to make sure you're in agreement and alignment with what God says. Amen. I'm telling you, you must learn to do this or you're going to give, be given the devil and Satan and demons, you're going to be giving them permission in your life, in your marriage, in your home, in your finances, in your health. You can't, I beg you, don't do that. Shut the door. Shut the door and keep out the devil. Shut the door. Don't allow him in. He can't just come in unwelcome. He can, he can throw fiery darts at you, but you actually invite him in to come in in partnership with you when you speak words of cursing and words of death. You've got to discipline the tongue. 
Because faith has ears, it has eyes, and it has a mouth. And let me tell you what, you're going you're gonna to eat the fruit of your lips. So faith is so very important. Can we say right now that I needed to hear this, Lord? I needed to hear this because here we are the 10th day into this new year and I've already been tempted to say things I shouldn't say. I've already been tempted to, to speak on some things that I shouldn't have spoken on. And I've also been tempted not to say some things I needed to say. I'm telling you what, you need to be purposeful and you need to be on target and you need to line up with the Word of God and you need to speak over your health and you need to speak over your home and you need to speak over your career and you need to speak over your finances. You need to speak over your spouse. You need to speak over your children. You need to speak over your mind. You need to speak over your future. And every word that you speak over these things need to come in alignment with the Word of God. And let me tell you what, you've not only got angelic assistance, but you've got the Holy Spirit of God that is ready to bring forth the manifest of light in every one of those areas and insight in every one of those areas and assistance in every one of those areas. But you've got to speak it. You can't sit back and say, well, God, if he wants it, he'll make it happen. He said, that, he said this is what I want. I want you to work in partnership with me. That's how I set it up. And if you don't work in partnership with me, there's things I'm going to take care of. God says, you don't have to worry about making the sun rise and set every day. You don't have to worry about that. He says, I'll take care of that. But there are things that pertain to your life and your family's life that you've got to work in partnership with the Lord. And he's just set it up that way. And we want to learn how to do that so that we can defy the odds that the enemy's trying to destroy us and we can use those stones as stepping stones and go to a higher place that he has for us. Amen? Amen. And then that second ingredient, very simple, but let me tell you why. Well, it may sound simple, but it's not necessarily easy, okay? And that's tenacity. That's tenacity. Let me tell you what he says. Let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season you shall reap if we do not lose heart. The devil's trying to get you to lose heart. The devil's trying to discourage you. The devil's telling you the marriage is over. The devil's telling you you'll never have enough to pay your bills. The devil's telling you what the doctor said, that's the final word. What the doctor said is facts, okay? But facts cannot change God, but God can change the facts. So what we need to do is we need tenacity. We need to hold on when we can't, don't feel like holding on. We got to press on when we don't feel like pressing on. We got to keep running with this race. We got to keep running this race because God has promised that you will reap. You will reap if you faint not. You're, you're, you're going to see the reaping of God's miracle manifest of blessings in every area of your life that you put faith on it with your words and your, and, and your desire. Let me tell you what, you're going to see it come to pass. Don't let go. Don't get discouraged. Don't give up. There's people that are naysaying. There are people that are telling you you can't do it. Let me tell you what. We see that throughout the Bible. God's given a story after an incident, after occasion to show us how the devil comes in as naysayer and we can overcome that. So we got to learn. We all got to deal with this. I guarantee you in these 10 days of this year, you've had some naysayers in your life. If it wasn't a physical person, it was the spirits of darkness that had been saying, it's, nah, it's never going to happen. Nah, it's not going to happen. Now nah, you're not going to see it. Now nah, it's not going to be a breakthrough for you. Now nah, this isn't going to be a good year for you. And then there's the encouragers. We know the Holy Spirit's encouraging us. I believe angels are encouraging us. The Word of God is 
encouraging us. We got a pastor that encourages us. I know there are some wonderful folks in here that if you'll uh, rub shoulders with them, they'll encourage you. So we've all got to be faced with naysayers and encouragers. And let me tell you what, the naysayers want to have the loudest voice. They want to protest and make the loudest uh, sound they can. They're saying Goliath's so big. They're telling you that there's no way you can defeat him. There's no way it'll ever happen. And all of Israel is paralyzed because the naysayer says it can't happen. But a little 17-year-old boy comes bringing his brother some snacks that his dad had sent him there, and he had a whole different perspective. I pray God gave us this story so that you and I can get the perspective of David because when he saw Goliath, instead of saying, look how big he is and we don't have a chance, he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? This guy don't have a, co a covenant with God. We have a covenant with God. We have the promises of God. We need to bring this into a Christian uh, 2000. Uh, you know, 2018. We need to put this on. Basically, we have a covenant with God. That's what David was saying. What's going on here? Why are we listening to the naysayer when we have a covenant with God? They don't have a covenant with God. And because we have a covenant with God, we're not going to run from the threat. We're not going to run from the odds. We're going to run facing, we're going to run and face them, face one on one. On one and we're going to come at them with what? The Word of God. As David said, I come at you not with a spear, not with a sword, not with a shield like you coming at me. I'm coming at you in the name of the Lord. And this day you're coming down and I'll feed your head to the, to the fowl of the air. I'm telling you, that was some pretty strong language. But he knew he had a covenant with God. And God in his covenant said, if you will stand and fight in my name, I will fight for you and with you. So God, David said, I'm holding on to the covenant. And, and all of the army of Israel for all these days and weeks and a month plus has been paralyzed because they forgot who they were. They forgot who they were. Let me tell you what, you can't let your naysayer define who you are. If you remember Adam and Eve when they were in the garden and they'd sinned and they're hiding and God comes in the cool of the day and He says, Adam, Adam, where are you? And He says, here we are hiding uh, we, you know, because we're naked. And God said, who told you you're naked? Who told you your name? Who told you you're without? Who told you you don't have all that you need? The naysayer himself, Satan, was already in the garden trying to discourage them and get them to hide rather than fight. And God says, don't you listen to the naysayer. I didn't tell you you were naked. I didn't tell you who you've been listening to. Well, you need to ask your ears the same thing. Who have I been listening to? Am I going to listen to the naysayers and I'm going to let the odds defy me and cause me to back down? Or am I going to go run and meet them face to face and say, wait a minute, I come, you may come at me with all your, your hot air, but I'm coming at you in the name of the Lord. I'm coming at you with the word of God. I'm coming at you as a, as a covenant representative of God. I have the covenant that Jesus Christ has given to me, a better covenant than any covenant that Abraham had, that, that, that Moses had, that Noah had, that Adam had, that David had. All those covenants were amazing, but Jesus came for you and me as Christians and he mediated a better covenant with better blood, with better promises. So the church should look at these stories in the Old Testament and say that's baby cakes compared to what we should do. We got a better covenant than they have. And we should be doing greater exploits for God. Where is our boldness? Where is our tenacity? Where is our willingness to fight? Where is our willingness to engage on this earth as a church that's tearing down the gates of hell rather than hiding? from expanding gates of hell. Amen? Amen. Amen. 
So David goes out and, you know, they tell him he's crazy, but he didn't care. They tell him he can't fight. What do you know? You're just a kid. You don't have any experience. But David shook it off. They tried to put the armor of the king on him. He shook it off. And he went out and met Goliath with what he did know what to work with. And that was the word of God and the name of God, the covenant of God. Oh, if we could see the covenant that we have in Christ Jesus. Oh, if we could see that if we, if the, the power that we have in the name of Jesus. Oh, I believe we're, we're operating like little uh, marshmallows before a hot fire, all but melting, when we should be mighty uh, briskets that are, uh, cannot be destroyed by the fire. Uh, through the covenant of God. We, we act so puny. Lord, help me. <laughs> help me, Lord. We, we, in this day and age, should be the power force of earth. We're scared if we say something. We're scared if we blink wrong. We're scared that, that something is all going to, just the rug's going to be snatched off from, un, from under us. And we just let the devil do and bully himself any way he wants in our home, in our health, in our wealth, in our minds, in our lives, in our family. And we just allow it. No! you got to rise up. you got to fight. You have a better covenant. There is no better covenant coming than the covenant you have. And the blood, is, it cannot be argued in any court of law. There is no fault with it. Animals' blood, they could say that's a covering in the courtroom of heaven. They could say that's a covering and you don't have full access because it's only the blood of an animal. But let me tell you what, the covenant that we have is through the blood of Jesus. He came and lived and died a sinless life. His blood is without spot. It is, it is without error. It is without sin. And there is nothing in the court of heaven I'm telling you, there's nothing that will discredit the blood of Jesus. And we have that blood that has written and signed the covenant that God has given us. And this covenant has given us all these promises that if we'll show up, God will show out. If we'll operate by faith rather than by sight, we can see what we were only dreaming of will become the manifestation of that which we were hoping for. I'm telling you, there are so much greater things that God has for us, but it will only be appropriated by faith. It will only be appropriated by faith. So we have to get in that gear that we're not going by facts and we're not going by sight, that we're walking by faith and we're going to walk with tenacity. We're going to run. We're going to hold on. We're not going to weary and well-doing. We're not going to, if it didn't happen immediately, start whining and complaining about it. We're going to keep speaking life. We're going to keep speaking uh, the power of God on it. Amen. Because we're the covenant representatives. Amen. So we encourage you as we go into this year not to be focused on the size of the giants that Satan is putting before you, but be focused on the size of your God. Don't go and tell everybody how big your giant is. You go up to your giant and tell him how big your God is. Same with your mountain. Don't go tell God how big your mountain is and tell everybody about how big your mountain is. You go tell your mountain how big your God is. Jesus said, speak to your mountain. You speak to your mountain. Don't let that mountain intimidate you. Don't let that mountain hold you back. Don't let that mountain keep you silent. You speak to that mountain and get that obstacle out of the way. Amen. Because if you're going to break old habits and make changes in a positive way, a supernatural way for 2018, you've got to speak to the giants that mock your victory. 
they will mock you just like Goliath mocked. That story is not for us to have a Sunday school book uh, or a children's uh, Christian book uh, with coloring pictures only, okay? The story is in the Bible to show us what happened in the physical so we can understand how we fight in the spiritual. That is the same thing Satan still does today. He will mock you. He will mock your victory. you got to speak to your giant. No matter what you're feeling, and I'm telling you, feelings are real. I know, I got feelings as well. But you cannot let your feelings run your life. No matter how much it feels real, there is a reality greater than the reality you're feeling, and that's the reality of God. And we got to pull that into and superimpose it to bring change over the reality we have. It's the only way it's going to happen. You say, well, if God was a merciful God, if he, was, he is a merciful God, or you'd have already been burning in hell, okay? Mercy is He withholds from us what we rightfully deserve. And all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God, right? And the wages of sin is death, right? So He's a merciful God. Well, if God was a God of grace, He is a God of grace. He has given you better things than you ever deserve. He's blessed you in ways that you probably have not even discovered the depth of it yet. He's a good God. He is. He's merciful and he's, he's full of grace and mercy. Yes, he is. But he's also set up a system and a plan by which he wants things to operate. And he wants us to basically usher in heaven on earth and show the earth what heaven looks like so that the earth wants to get right with him through his son Jesus and go there. And how can they taste and see that the Lord is good if we're not ushering a little bit of heaven on earth? How do we do it? By faith, by faith. By faith, we can usher the reality of heaven and have it superimposed over the reality of this earth. Because when it's all said and done, this earth, as we know it now, it's got, it's got a rework coming to it. There's going to be a totally, there's going to be, uh, I'm telling you, apocalyptic things like we've, we read about in the scripture and there's going to be a fire and there's going to be a renewed earth. There's going to be a new earth. And uh, so we, we don't need to put all our, our faith in what we see and feel on this earth. We need to put our faith in what's eternal, and that's heaven. And God wants this earth to find, uh, see the glory, His glory through how we live our life. So you're to live as that tree of righteousness, the planning of God for the display of His splendor. He wants His splendor, His favor to be seen over your life so that others, I'm telling you, we wonder why there has been such a a lack of evangelism or people being saved, genuinely born again, lives transformed in the earth as, as we are moving on into 2000s here in the 18th year of that. And the re, one of the main reasons is the church, because the world has gotten somewhat better and somewhat easier with technologies and things, and we've gotten comfortable. And, and we say, well, you know what, I can just ride this thing out a little, I can just tolerate it a little bit, I can just hang in there with some, you know, some kind words, you know, I, my, my glory is on the other side. Well, God wants His glory on this side so that it can be an evangelistic outreach and open the hearts of those around. And when you start living in the supernatural, when you start bringing heaven to earth and, and the power of God is flowing through your life and the glory of God is on you and your family and your home and your health, and all, let me tell you what, folks see that light and they're drawn to it and they say, I want what you have. And you say, it's not what I have, it's who I have. And he's got an open arms for you as well. Hallelujah. Let your life be a light that shines to win the loss to Jesus Christ. Amen. 
So no matter what you're facing or how, how big your goals and dreams may seem, start changing your words and declare your victory. If you'll do that, you'll begin to stand in faith, you can speak your victory, and you can move forward in the freedom of, being, uh, of the blessings that God has for you and me. Because uh, we have to make up our mind. Because like this sign up here says, you're going to be faced with naysayers whether you like it or not. If you, 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 you have any interaction with uh, any person on this world, in this world, or you have any interaction with any spirits of this world, you're going you're to have in the enemy bringing naysaying. There are so many biblical stories that encourage us not to give up when the naysayers come. Thankfully, that one with David, he didn't listen to them. Uh, and he became a history maker and inspired a generation of giant slayers in Israel in his day. And I pray that you will not listen to naysayers and that you will inspire a generation to rise up in the victory that God has for them as well. In, in the midst of uh, Job's hardest days, you remember his wife even told him, curse God and die. Way to go, Job. Thank God he didn't listen and uh, he learned the integral truth of who God is. And some people say, well, look what happened to Job. If that happened to Job, oh my goodness, what's going to happen to me? Let me tell you what, Job didn't have a covenant. We didn't, never know where we read in the scripture to see where he was even had a covenant with God. You and I have not only a covenant, we have the best covenant. So we're not going to base our future on what happened to Job. We're going to base our future based on the covenant that we have in and through Jesus Christ as our high priest. Hallelujah. Praise God. Get rid of the old mindset, i got to go through what Job went through. Come on now. Get into the New Testament. Get into uh, this uh, church age. Get into the covenant that we have with God. Don't desecrate and trample underfoot the covenant that Jesus lived and died and was buried and, and raised up and sent His Spirit and, and by His blood won for us. Don't trample that underfoot and go back and say, i got to go through what a man went through who the Bible doesn't even show us even had a covenant with God. Come on now. Amen? You remember when Joseph innocently told his brothers about his dream, they ripped apart him, him verbally and they, they began to slash out with him verbally and, and, and then they stripped him of his cloak and stripped him of his clothes and threw him in, a, in a, a pit and sold him into slavery and calling him, you know, a dreamer in a negative sense. But I thank God when we read that story that God gives us encouragement through Joseph because he would not let the dream die. And he did his best with whatever uh, situation he was in. And eventually we see that he was in a position to save his whole family. Over 70 relatives were saved through the famine. And that was the very bloodline that Jesus Christ was born through. Let me tell you what, the devil was trying to stop Jesus from coming to us. But let me tell you what, God has a plan. And the devil's not going to win if we've got somebody who'll hold on to the promises of God like Joseph did through all of his circumstances. He held on. And let me tell you what, he came out victorious in the end. Same with Jesus. I mean, Jesus himself. For 33 years he lived on this earth. And, and even as a little baby, had to, a little boy had to be, be taken to Egypt to keep from being slaughtered by Herod's men. I'm telling you, the devil was trying to destroy him. He had some negative odds come against him. And then as, a, as he was teaching all the religious leaders, 
of his day. They were, they were attacking him constantly, and, and uh, he would not listen to the naysayers. No, he didn't. He said, I'm going to listen to what my father's saying, what my father's saying. And the father kept encouraging him. Son, you know, the, you know the mission. You know the mission. Yes, father, I know the mission. I'm going to stick with it. Everybody's speaking against him, but here his father kept encouraging him. And he went on to fulfill his work in, in the world by dying on the cross and for, for the stain of our sin to be washed away, not covered anymore by lamb's blood, but washed away as though it never happened. as white as snow. Hallelujah and that we might have an eternity with Him forevermore. Boy, the world always has these naysayers. Always. And they will always be there, right there, when you're trying to break into that new thing. When the naysayers get the loudest, get more excited. When the most negative things come against you, get excited. You say, but my flesh. Yes, we're not walking by the flesh. We're walking by the Spirit. Let me tell you what, you need to understand the strategy of the enemy. When the things are piling in, on you, you need to just stand up like the jolly green giant used to do on that commercial or like Kool-Aid. He'd break through a wall, wouldn't he? Remember that? Hey, Kool-Aid, he'd break through the wall. You just need to break through it and say, no, I'm not going under. This is just a sign that the enemy sees the breakthrough is here. So we got to be ready and we got to understand this to stand our ground with what God has put in our hearts to do. And let's do our best not only to listen to encouragers, but to be encouragers. Come on now, we need to be the ones that are helping our brothers and sisters. We need to be the ones that are encouraging those around us, uh, and, and our spouses and our children and all. Because let me tell you what, God has given us a vision bigger than ourselves and, and it's going to take the supernatural coming on the natural. And we need that encouragement to keep walking by faith. Amen. And if we're going to see it, uh, we, we've got to walk it by faith. I tell you, as I look back over history, not just the history of God's Word, and it is full of it, but there's also even in the history of this world as we come into later centuries where naysayers are always trying to keep the breakthrough from taking place. People that the enemies use to say it'll never work, it's too much effort. It's impossible. Why even try? Trying to get people to give up. And you look at Benjamin Franklin. Man, what a man he was. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that was uh, his granddaughter drew that rendering of him or what. But, but there he is. And he had his naysayers. And they said, man, it's so foolish and dangerous. You're out here experimenting with this lightning. But thankfully he did. Because for any of us who lost power during the storm, you know how much you appreciate electricity today. And some of us said, amen, amen. I'm so glad he didn't, and he kept on going, even though the naysayers were speaking against him. Man, Spain's leading geographer and scholar and his panel of experts presented their case to the king and the queen of Portugal. And, uh, and, and, and this was Christopher Columbus's excursion they were presenting there. And they wrote this, Christopher Columbus's plan cannot be accomplished. It is quite impossible. We will not fund it at all. Thankfully, he didn't quit. Thankfully, he didn't back down. Thankfully, he didn't give up the vision, but he was willing to keep on going. And thank God we have America today. Well, people told Orville and Wilbur Wright, I mean, just drive right down to the Outer Banks here, and you can see the little, the little cottage and the little workshop and all that they work from there. This is real. This is real. And they were telling him, you got to stop wasting your time on making this contraption to fly into air. How foolish is that? 
but thankfully they kept on because if it hadn't been, Townsend would have had a long walk. He's in Spokane, Washington right now training one of our publishers, and that 3,000 miles would have been a hard trek by a horse or camel or even a car, and he was able to fly in and going to be flying home on Friday. Let me tell you what, these Wright brothers, I think it's kind of neat. Townsend's first uh, business uh, he bought was the Shepherd's Guide publishing rights for the Outer Banks. So I believe that young man just got sight to see that he's going to break the barrier. He's going to go to the level of beyond any level that's ever been seen in the Shepherd's Guide. And he went to the ground where all of that was established with air flight. Praise God. Then there was Thomas Edison. I mean, painstakingly performed nearly a thousand experiments before finding the right filament that would burn with the light bulb. And I'm so glad he did because if he had not, uh, if he had given up, we'd still probably have candles and kerosene lamps today. Uh, but thank God he kept on going and we have our lights today. But now this is shocking. As, as much many naysayers as he had, he became a naysayer to Henry Ford. Now, I'm like, dude, you know, but that's the reality, right? We many times when we hear naysayers, then we become the carriers of naysayers. It's contagious. And we speak the negative. And he told Henry Ford, he said, it's a worthless idea, Edison said. You need to stop pouring money into this. And I thank God that, that Ford didn't listen to him. And we got our vehicles today a little fancier than this one here uh, with some heat and air in them, but... Uh, he just kept on going. I pray to God that you would keep on going as well. Even if an influential man or woman tells you, give up on it. If God has put that dream in your heart, if God has given you that desire, don't back down one bit. You can smile at them and say, well, that's your opinion. That's interesting what you're saying. But you go right on and say, God, I'm going by what you're saying. And I'm going forward. That's what Abraham Lincoln did. I mean, he ran for state legislator and he failed. He lost. He entered business and he failed. He, did you know this? It took him 17 years working to pay off his debt from going into business and failing. 17 years. You read over that and like that. But 17 years is a long time. 17 years is a long time paying for what looked like a mistake. And he ran for Congress and he was defeated. But then he ran for President of the United States and we know he won. And his quote from his early life was this, I will get ready, my time will come. Those 17 years he's paying off that debt, I'll still get ready because my time will come. He lost that Senate race, he says, I'm still going to get ready because my time will come. He lost that state legislator run, he said, I'm still going to get ready because my time will come. That's tenacity. That's tenacity. And when he became president, president, and thank God he did, we can enjoy this land of the free and, uh, and, it, and it, uh, rid of the atrocities of slavery here in America. Thank God that he didn't give up and he didn't uh, just stop. He kept going and he kept pressing in. I believe God had deposited a vision and a dream in his heart, just like he's deposited a dream and a vision in your heart. So I'm here tonight to wrap this up by saying, with every great idea, with every vision, every call, every purpose, every destiny God deposits in each of us, there are going to be thousands of naysayers that we're going to have to face. And Satan's going to lead the pack. And he's going to use his hound dogs of hell, those demons, and they're going to be a part of the noise that is trying to discourage you. But I want to say to you today, don't listen to them. Listen to your God. 
Listen to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you. Listen to what Jesus says I've accomplished for you and where I want to lead you and where I want to bring you. He said, I want to use you. He said, it's not even entered into your mind. You can't even conceive. Your mind cannot even understand the greatness of that which I've created for you. I want you to trust me. I want you to believe me. I want you to hold on to me and let's keep pressing on. So I would say to you tonight, dream big. Never give up. Never give up. No, never give up. And let God use you to not only be a blessing to you and your family, but that it will benefit humanity. And I believe every one of you in here, God wants to use to change the world. We have a tagline for Christian Embassy. And uh, the Spirit of the Lord gave it to Pastor Rodica some time back. And it's so powerful. Christian Embassy, a place where world changers gather a place where world changers gather. Let me tell you what, I believe that is a a declaratory word from heaven that this is a place where world changers gather. That we're not, we're going to have the ministry, we're going to have the teaching, we're going to have the encouragement, we're going to have the fellowship of believers, and we're going to encourage one another that we're not going to listen to the naysayers, but we are going to fulfill the purpose and destiny by which God has planted us here. And part of that is going to be a world changer that we're going to bring forth the glory of heaven to this earth. We're going to change this world with heaven's presence because we are a people of faith that we walk by not sight, but we walk by faith. And that walk of faith, we do it with tenacity. We don't give up. We're not giving up. We're not backing down. These are the promises of God and we're going to hold on to them and we will see them manifest. We will see them appropriated in our lives. Can somebody in here say amen? Amen. Amen. Come on, let's stand together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I just lift you up in this house. And I pray everybody here will join me. These world changers will join me right now as we lift up our hands and lift up our voice and lift up our countenance and and declare, you're good, God. Hallelujah. We thank you, God, for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for the covenant, Jesus, that you have given to us. Hallelujah. We thank you for the blood that you shed to give us this covenant. We thank you for the name that you've given us that is above every name that is signed on this covenant and we thank you for the spirit of this covenant that now comes and dwells in us to work and flow through us we welcome you Holy Spirit we welcome you Spirit of the living God to take us to use us Lord God to bring forth the manifest of your glory here am I send me into 2018 Tell him, here my God, send me into my home, send me into my neighborhood, send me into my uh, uh, sphere of influence. Use me, God, to win the lost. Use me, God, to encourage the, the despondent. Use me, God, to bring light where there's darkness. I am yours, you are mine, and together we're going to bring forth change, world change in this life. To you be the glory, to you be the honor, and to you be the praise. Now, before we close, I want you to just reach out and take somebody by the hand. Take somebody by the hand and put your hand on their shoulder. And I want you to begin to declare what the Spirit of the Lord lays on your heart. Declare over them. I want you to speak it over them right now. He says, we are to bless with our words. We are to bless with our words. Life. So go ahead and begin to speak life. Speak healing. Speak strength. Speak prosperity. Speak, speak power. Power, Holy Ghost power, anointing, 
Say, I speak, I declare in the name of Jesus, let healing flow into your body. Go ahead and declare it. I declare healing, the healing virtue of Jesus Christ flow into your body. Go ahead and declare it by faith. I declare more than enough prosperity of God would flow into your life. Go ahead and declare it. I declare wisdom of heaven, wisdom of God would flow into your life. Go ahead and declare it over them right now. I declare that what the enemy meant for evil is going to be turned. I declare a turning right now is going to be turned for good in Jesus' name. Declare the favor of God. Declare the love of God. Declare the presence of God. Declare the anointing of God. Declare the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Be blessed. Just tell them right now. Be blessed. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, hallelujah.